with the Spurs foul. Should Miami go for the three right away? Just attack the basket. James catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History final. Welcome to the Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Boom shakalaka! What's good, Hoopers? I am Matty G from the Inside Fantasy Sports Network. I am also at MBAG Wiz. Give us a like and a follow. And of course, make sure you like, follow us on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, at Inside F Sports, and do all the things. Leave us a review today. This is Opportunity Knox. We're going to have a look at how basically having a role and an opportunity inside an NBA organization is going to be good or possibly bad for your NBA fantasy season. We're going to have a look at minutes, how they impact usage and how it impacts. We're also going to have a look at that later down the track. We're going to be doing a team preview for every single team and looking at how usage in those teams can dictate where you can pick up value in your NBA fantasy drafts and where you might want to look over as the season progresses as well. We're going to chop it up. We're going to look at some minutes, play data and do some other things. So for that, boys and girls, and parents listening strap yourself in and feel the cheese you are and you're going to check out some information right now about minutes played in the nba of course minutes played is a good thing the more you play the more you can do if you get two minutes on a basketball court you're not going to be very effective come nba fantasy time but do minutes truly translate to being the best basketball player or the best player in nba fantasy and the answer is no basically because you can be inefficient or you could be super efficient, but just not impact the game as much as other players. Just because you're out there necessarily does not mean you're going to be top one, top two, top three, top five. Usage also doesn't impact that. It, it can, but the number one player in NBA fantasy last year will either be Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic. One had a higher usage rate and one had higher minutes than the other. But one was ranked number one, one was ranked number two. We're going to have a look at that in a second as well, because I'll tell you now, you'd think Nikola Jokic was the number one option in both of those. He's not. In fact, the number one person in minutes last year was Mikhail Bridges. Now, everyone's already talking about Mikhail Bridges' breakout, breakout, breakout since the trade deadline last year. And that's true. He's probably going to have an exceptional season in Brooklyn. But are you going to take him with a first round pick like a lot of people are thinking they will? And the answer is no. Mikhail Bridges is not a first-round pick. He'll probably go at the end of it, but he's definitely looking at second-round value. Do you always want to draft a player at the value, or do you want to get the most out of the pick? Can you use a second-round pick for someone? If you're a third-round pick and someone's hanging him on pick 24 in a 12-team league, you're probably going to pick him up very, very quickly in the third round, 100%. In fact, last year, after the trade deadline, Mikhail Bridges was the 26th-ranked player. Overall, for 22 and 23, he was the 39th-ranked player, and he's played the most minutes last year in the NBA, 29, uh, 2,963 minutes, as you can see. And Edwards was the second. He was ranked 37th overall. Zach Levine ranked 44th. 2000, so these are all guys in 2,700 minutes categories. Nikola Vucevic, his teammate, 34th ranked overall. Julius Randle. 2,737, the 54th ranked player, DeMontis Sabonis. Now, there's some second round value for you if you picked him up because he slipped. I managed to pick him up at the turn last year in a draft uh, at pick 25. So I got the second, I got the first pick overall. 
On the end of the second round, I picked up Cade Cunningham. God, I had to salvage my season. Won it, but had to salvage it from there. Next pick, I took DeMontis Sabonis. Now, I was tossing that up. He could have slid a little bit, but he ended up returning value. And this is a guy who's notorious for foul trouble. He could have played more than that, and that could have improved his rank overall at the end of the season. But he got dejected from games. He was bought out. Mike Brown benched him a bunch because of the foul trouble. But he ended up being the 21st-ranked player. This is a nice one. Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum played 2,732 minutes last year and ended up being the eighth-ranked player in NBA fantasy. He is an absolute lock to go in your first round this year. Even with Chris Dapspazingas coming to his town, you're going to look at Jason Tatum in your first round because of what he does. In fact, I'm of the belief that the person who's going to lose out the most in Boston this year is going to be the guy they just signed to a Supermax, Jalen Brown. Because Jason Tatum is still the man in Boston. KP is going to come in and do his thing. Of course, JB is fantastic. He's going to do his thing in Boston. But is he going to take that hit? Yeah, he is. Jason Tatum's not. He is the franchise cornerstone player there. They had to give him this contract. They're not going to let Jalen Brown walk away. They had to throw the man the bag, and he deserved it. But he's going to probably have the biggest hit, I feel. Next person on that list is kind of almost someone you're not going to look at until the tail ends of your draft. It's Spencer Dinwiddie. He somehow managed to creep into the top eight players in minutes played in the NBA last year, and he was only the 95th ranked player. So as I said earlier on, just because you have the minutes doesn't translate to you being a super great asset to have in the NBA fantasy season. When we talk about it like this as well, we want to have a look at the opportunity of free agent signings and what impact that has across the league. Now, there's been a lot of free agency signings, of course, in this NBA season, most notably guys like Fred Van Fleet. Now, Fred Van Fleet is going to the Houston Rockets and he's looking around and he's going to be the guy in town now. And we love that for FVV. Last year, if you have a look around where Fred Van Fleet finished, he was the 24th player. Now, all these rankings, by the way, are from hashtag basketball. So if you want to look them up, go and have a look at where everyone finished in the top 100 and where you're going to get guys. So overall, your top 10 players last year, according to hashtag basketball, was Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, duh, Kevin Durant, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Jason Tatum, Kyrie Irving, and Tyrese Halliburton was the 10th ranked player. Now, this is a very interesting thing. Tyrese Halliburton is already going, and we're going to be doing a show very, very soon about a, the first mock draft that was done through Roto, and it was posted up on NBA.com. We're going to chop that up. And Tyrese Halliburton went with the third pick in that draft. Now, Tyrese Halliburton gets a heck of a lot of usage. In fact, he runs the show, obviously. He's already showing out in some of the preseason workouts and pro-am games. He went in the third pick right there. He ended up being the 10th round pick. So it's what do you want to build your team around? So as we said, minutes played, yep, he's there, he's healthy. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton only played 56 games last season, though. So at the same time, when you look at it, like 56 games for the third pick overall, I like my first-round pick to be playing a lot more than that. So again, you, you can't dictate healthiness. Mikhail Bridges, to play every game, stepped on a court for one minute and jumped off. Yeah, good on him, good shout. But what happens if he, this is the season that he goes down? And you'd be like, oh, I'm so high on Mikhail Bridges. He's so good. Like, he's going to have a breakout in Brooklyn. Well, you know what? We've heard that before, and then guys have got injured. See, Ben Simmons. He was an all-NBA player, and then he got injured, and he's been on the back burner. In fact, Bleacher Report not long ago purchased that thing. Ben Simmons, healthier than he's ever been. There it is, Ben Simmons, nearing return. Google eyes. Nets guard in final stage of prep and looks as healthy as ever 
since leaving the 76ers. I can't use air quotes any more than I possibly could with Ben Simmons because when he wants to show up and play basketball, he could be one of the steals of your NBA draft because the opportunity is there for him in Brooklyn to be a meaningful NBA player. Cam Johnson, Nick Claxton around him. Well, you wouldn't pretty put him and Clacko together. I love Clacko, but you wouldn't put them together because of no floor stretching. Unless Ben Simmons decides to shoot threes. Oh, could you imagine? Could you imagine that breaking out of the bloke? But you've got Mikhail Bridges there. You've got a bunch of talent. It's, of course, going to be Mikhail's team. Cam Johnson's just re-upped. He's going to have opportunity. Ben Simmons is an elite playmaker. So if he comes back and healthy, it's going to be amazing. This is an interesting one. James Harden last year was the 12th overall best player in NBA fantasy, according to Hashtag Basketball, and the 11th was Chris Dapps Porzingis. So when we talk about opportunity knocks, we're going to have a look at the opportunity for players when they fell. So the number one advice for right now is this. Know your draft from last season. Have a look at the value and where players went. Make sure you access information for whatever roto sites you get from Hashtag Basketball, Basketball Monster, any resource. Get that information in and look at those final stages of where people fell from your top 100. Look, at the end of the day, it's 160 party people you're going to draft. You know what I mean? Like if you're in a 12-team league, off the rip, 14 rounds, you're looking at the best 168 players basically in your NBA fantasy drafts. And those are the guys you want. You want the best 168 players. And this year, there's going to be some players who obviously exceed that, what they've done in the past. So the first advice is this, familiarize yourself with the top 100, top 150 players of last season. Go through the notes like this right now. Have a look at where they're going. So example, top 10, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic. Yeah, they're probably going to be around there. Embiid's going to be up the top again, especially if Harden moves. He's going to have to carry more of a load. Cool. He's going to lock in that value. Kevin Durant at number three. He is not going to be the third best basketball player in NBA fantasy this season because of Bradley Beal. Now, he might be more efficient. That's great. But he doesn't need to score as much. He could probably rebound more. His efficiency could go up. He can shoot his free throws at a great clip. He's got a great, you know, three-point percentage. He's an elite player. But is he top three again? No chance on God's green bloody earth. That's not going to happen for Kevin Durant this year. Is he one of the top five basketball players in the world right now? Probably. He's Kevin Durant. He's pretty bloody special. But I'm not going to go and waste a top five pick on Kevin Durant. Shea Gillis is just Alexander was the fourth player. Is he going to be the fourth best pick to have this year? I don't know. He's really good. He's very good at the game of basketball, but am I going to waste the fourth pick? Am I going to make that my strategy for Shea? Probably not. I'm probably going to look for someone more like Steph Curry, who was the sixth best player last year, who's going to have more of an opportunity this year to play without Jordan Poole, who saps some of those minutes and opportunities. He's got the support of Chris Paul, who's a very good point guard. I mean, sure, he's not elite as he used to be, but I would probably take Steph Curry if I'm the fourth pick in my draft. Then I would for Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Because Shea's going to have to give up some points probably to Chet Holgren because, you know, that he's coming on and back and healthy. His efficiency might go up, and he's already a very efficient player. Like his field goal percentage last year was 500, like 500, 0.510. Now, if that stays the same, he's absolutely elite, like elite, elite. And then there's the fifth player last year, according to Hashtag Basketball, that's Damian Lillard. And I am not burning, a fi- I am not drafting Damian Lillard with the fifth pick. I may not draft Damian Lillard until I know what the heck's going on with him in the top 10. Do I want to waste a first round pick on a basketball player that may not play the game of basketball? No, it's insanity. 
you're losing your draft if you're drafting Damian Lillard, if that situation isn't resolved before the season starts in a lock. Because if he goes into camp and Scoot Henderson takes that job and he's going to be the mentor and the big mature leader, great for him. But he's not going to play down the stretch again. And where do you need Dame? Damian Lillard played 58 games last year. I'm not playing a guy who doesn't want to play basketball on a team who's going to play 58 games in the first round of my draft. So the opportunity then becomes for Scoot Henderson because Scoot is going to be the rookie who steps into the shoes straight away. Other guys like Shaden Sharp might get more of a run there as well. So this is where we're looking at the opportunity knocking for players as we go down and the direct impacts. Do your correlations as you go down, and that's where it's going to shake out for your value. Kristaps Porzingis, back to that on the number 11th, isn't going to be the 11th best player this year in NBA fantasy. He is going to get opportunity. He's going to have, he shot 498%, like 0.498 last year from the field. His efficiency effectively could go up because he's going to be playing in the Boston system. He doesn't have to be one of the main scorers like he was with the Wizards. And he could add some blocks. He could do some defense. I just don't see that being there. He played 65 games last year. And if you look at these guys as well, by the way, in the top 10, Embiid, 66 games. Jokic, 69 games. Kevin Durant, 47. Shea, 68. Damian Lillard, 58. Curry, 56. Anthony Davis, 56. I'm still probably drafting Anthony Davis in that first round around the seven or eight spot. If he stays healthy, again, even for 56 games, he played down the stretch if the Lakers were putting a push. That was amazing. Jason Tatum, 74 games. Kyrie, 60. Tyrese, 56. He was injured. So again, that's where he could push up. And I am looking probably to take Tyrese again in that first round as value and also having some more surroundings by a guy we're going to get to in a second. Uh, His name is Obi Toppin. Other opportunities, guys, stepping in the first season. Guys last year who finished according to hashtag basketball with the 13th overall fantasy look was Jared Jackson Jr. Now, Triple J could go up with some more elite playmaking. He's got he's just fantastic across the board, to be honest. 18.6 points a game overall for the season. He could be averaging over 20 by the end of the season. He was an absolute star. I picked him up in my fantasy draft. I ended up picking him up, I think it was in the sixth round or fifth round last year. He returned that value by coming back from injury early, and he is going to be a very solid second-round option to build your team around. Uh, Overall, the 14th pick last year was Luka Doncic. Now, when you look at minutes played last year or usage rate, Luka was one of the highest usage players in the NBA last year. Only returning, though, the value of the 14th pick. Now, is that because of Kyrie coming to town? Most likely, but the exact same stint. Kyrie Irving was also right there in the top 10, being the ninth best player. So those two guys have shown me that they can work together in an NBA team. And they're starting to put something together in Dallas. They've been very smart. They're they're a little bit deeper and they're going to put together a good run. They're not going to tank the last few games of the season. Well, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Who knows what they do over there? But there is another player in the top 20 who I'm not taking this year in the top 20. And I hate to say it every time. I am not drafting LeBron James in my NBA fantasy draft inside the second round. LeBron James is not going to play the same amount of games that he played last year. Now, he might surprise me. He might play more than 55. But in the 21-22 season, sorry, 22-23 season, he went for 55 games. Now, I don't want a second-round player playing 55 games for me. I don't know what's going on with that foot. I think that's where, again, I'm high on the Austin Reeves thing coming in, getting some of those minutes and sharing it. But if I'm going to take a player in the second round, I don't want them to play 55. The man is still elite. To still play 55 games and come away with the 19th best value, the 19th overall ranked player is outstanding. He lost one spot to Lowry Markinen. 
And this is where it comes to someone like Larry Markkinen. Who's going to be the Larry Markkinen of this 23-24 season? Who is going to be stepping in and looking at that for the Lowry marketing? We're going to cover that one of those questions in our upcoming pod on top burning questions before the NBA season starts. Who will be this year's Lowry marketing? Is there going to be one? We have a few ideas. We're going to cover that in that one there. But LeBron James is absolutely someone I am not drafting inside the second round. I do not want my second round guy on 55 games. I do not want him to be bringing an injury he did not get repaired and that should have been repaired into an NBA season. I do not want him doing that. Now, he pushed when he was there because they made that run, but he missed a lot of games. And if he misses those games where it counts, especially at the playoffs, in, in, in the NBA fantasy playoffs, when it's silly season and we're getting rookies in there and the Lakers have secured a spot, he's not going to be that value for me. And I love LeBron. Love LeBron. Big time, but I am absolutely unequivocally, just like Damian Lillard, not taking him there. And it might be because I hate saying it, but that's the way it goes down. What I am looking at, though, is guys who have an opportunity or a non-opportunity in their NBA season this year. Now, I've got a bit of a graphic on this one that I want to share with you for a second. These are guys that are going to have a value. Now, you're going to see two sets of rankings here. And what I mean about having opportunity and knocking for people is what you want to look at and what you want to mentally assess when you're looking at the players in your NBA fantasy draft and doing your research. Now, you can see on uh, Jeremy, Mr. Jeremy Grant, you can see it going both ways there. And you can see Jalen Green going both ways. That's for a very good reason. Now, there's three guys there that I'm going to show that have opportunity this year to improve and three guys who are obviously and notably going to decline. Let's start up the top there. This right here for Jeremy Grant, he was the 62nd ranked player in NBA fantasy in the 22-23 season. Now, he went over there from being a Detroit team that he was one of the figureheads of, but didn't play all the games and they were tanking and he didn't do that much over there. In fact, in the 21-22 season, he was the 60th best player. He didn't change. That's pretty stable. That's two spots between one season. So if I'm looking at Jeremy Grant, and he's going to be the guy there with Scoot Henderson, and they're going to build a team, and he's going to be the veteran leader there on the court, and they're going to get in, you know, Shaden's going to be, oh, sorry, you know, Shaden, Sharon, Sharpie's going to be playing around there. Scoot Henderson's going to be putting up minutes. It's a whole bunch of young blokes. And Jeremy Grant, do I want Jeremy Grant with the second pick? With, with a 60-second pick overall? Probably not. But if he slides and he could probably bump into the 50s and he's there in the 70s, I'm probably going to pick him up in the 70s. So here's someone when you're looking at both opportunities, like what can he do? What's his past? And what can he do this season? Because again, if Portland's not going anywhere, they're not going to be in a very big hurry to rush him back in. But if they do play him and they do give it a good red-hot go as a, may I say, a play-in team, He's going to return value and play a lot. Now, the next guy I've got there is Jordan Poole. Now, Jordan Poole last year was the 96th ranked player overall and has moved from a situation where he was unhappy with the Golden State Warriors into the Washington Wizards. We all know that he's got the bag over there, and I still think it might be Town, but Jordan Poole is going to have an absolute chance to do his thing next to Tyus Jones and Kyle Kuzma. In fact, if you think about Tyus Jones as your Steph Curry, and if you think about Kyle Kuzma as your Andrew Wiggins, and you put that team around him, and you think about what he can do, He's absolute a shot to beat being the 96th best player overall in your NBA fantasy draft. In fact, in a similar role in the 21-22 season in the Golden State Warriors, he was the 52nd ranked player overall. So that's where you look at historical past where it like correlates. Like, okay, what did he do then? 
He had a lot more of the ball. Steph Curry was very injured in that season. So Jordan Poole stepped up and he showed us what he could do. And he came away with the 52nd rank overall in the 21-22 NBA season. Last year, he was 96. So he's going to return more value than that this year. 100%. Tyus Jones, who I just mentioned, his teammate, last year he was the 151st ranked player. Now, I know Matty O'Brien and I were talking about this for an upcoming pod that we've got about Tyus Jones. We're going to be talking about guys we're looking in there and sneaky free agency changes and where that's done. Tyus Jones is right there because without Ja Morant, he put up absolutely exceptional value. Now, I know Matty's going to break that down on that pod, so absolutely make sure you check out that sneaky free agents pod. But he is going to be returning top 100, top 75 value on the year, Tyus Jones. So he's going to double up that. But is he? where is he going to go in drafts? Again, we're going to do a draft on that mock, and he'll be surprised where he went. But one of the guys that I'm really watching about opportunity is a who's found a home with Tyrese Halliburton, who's already showing out in pro-am workouts. And these two guys are showing a natural chemistry together. I saw some of the uh, footage yesterday uh, from Tyrese Halliburton, Obi Toppin playing in a pro-am. And I was thoroughly impressed. They have a cohesion already, which was exceptional. And he was a 320th ranked player in hashtag basketball last year. Now he is absolutely going to surpass that this year. He is probably going to be the starting power forward, starting small forward over in Indiana. I'd really want to see what they do in their preseason. But this is a bloke who people have been hyped about like, oh, you've got to get Obi Toppin some more minutes, Tom Thibodeau. You've got to get him some more minutes. He's flashed it, but he's never put it together. He could put it together this year and he could be a top 150 player. Now that might not seem like a huge thing. Oh yeah, 150. Okay, great. But you're looking for the best 168 players. And if he's there in the last round of your draft, who are you going to take? I'm going to be taking Obi Toppin. Why? Because I absolutely can get a return on him. He's going to exceed that value. And he's going to be better than the 320th best player in the NBA this season. Mark my words, Obi Toppin, it's Obi Toppin season. I mean, he might not be the breakout Larry Market. Obi Toppin has a pathway to be a top 150 player. And I want a 150 player on my team, especially in that last round of my draft. I want value. I'm very interested to see what he does in Indiana. If he gets a role, if he carves out a niche for him, doing about 30 to 34 minutes a night, he is going to absolutely smash an ADP potentially. And that's the kind of player you want to look at. Going down our board right here. Yeah, you want to look at guys like Trey Murphy. Now, this is where I'm going to talk about the drop-offs before I talk about the Jalen Green. Trey Murphy last year was the 69th ranked player. In fact, Trey Murphy, I got him in my team. I picked him up uh, when Zion went down. Loved it. Didn't let him go through the ups and downs. In fact, in the last 30 days of the 22-23 season, he was the 19th ranked player, according to Hashtag Basketball. Now, that's exceptional value. But Zion apparently is... Doing okay, coming back, doing his thing, and he's not going to return the same value this year. So this is where his opportunity is gone. But again, if Zion goes down, which let's be honest, could probably be very, very likely, this is the guys who step into that opportunity and who fill that void in a team very capably, and you just snatch them up and you ride them, and you ride them for as long as you can, like Trey Murphy, for the entirety of the season like I managed to. This is where the opportunity was there last year, but it's not there this year. So immediately he goes down that scale. He will not return the 69th best value unless there's an injury. So again, this is where injury impacts opportunity. Damian Lillard, again, I don't see it being number five. I do not see him being the fifth best player. Like top 10, maybe. But then again, that's five guys I can get before him. And in my first round, I want to get that first round right. Like the trade request is all good and well. But at this point in time, he hasn't moved on from Miami. Miami just doesn't have the assets. 
And if he's not going to show up to camp, I, I don't believe that either. He's been a loyal soldier. He'll probably grin and bear it. But where he goes, if he goes to a contender, because he goes, oh, you know what? We've heard this before. Oh, you know what? This is my team. This is my team. I just want to go to Miami. All right, fine. I'll go to Miami, uh, the Phoenix Suns, uh, the Warriors, uh, the Lakers, uh, the 76ers, and I want to go to a contender. Is he going to return that value? Not if he aligns himself with a couple of other stars because that's what's made Damian Lillard as well so great in Portland. He's the man. But he's not going to be the man in Miami. He plays with Bam and Jimmy, two very, very capable teammates. So for me, he's not going to be on that level. An exceptional basketball player, but not going to return what I want him to return in my NBA fantasy season. The other bloke here, another point guard to show you how that works as well, is Chris Paul. Now, he's aging. He's fallen off a little bit. We all saw that shot last year not looking like it was. But he's a very intelligent playmaker, and he's probably going to be the Golden State Warriors' sixth man off the bench, which automatically doesn't move him into top 75 value, I don't see. So that's half of a drop for him. He's going to go from 48 to possibly outside the 75th ranked player. That's an absolute drop in opportunity for Chris Paul to return value where he's been an exceptional playmaker, exceptional starting basketball player for his career. But he's not going to be that now. He's going to be the bench role guy. He's definitely going to be starting on the bench. Definitely is the sixth man, in my opinion. And that makes him drop down that opportunity scale. And this is where similar right here to Jalen Green. Now, I don't know what's going to happen in Houston yet. They've got a Kevin Porter Jr. They've got Jalen Green, and they've just brought in Fred Van Fleet. Jalen Green disappointed so many people because the year before, he was the 150th ranked player in 21-22, going back and looking at it overall. And he showed flashes down that last stretch that we all really hoped and we wanted to. Now, I peeled him up into my team and I wrote it and I managed to offset the efficiency. Thank God, because he was atrocious. But does he become more efficient this season having Fred Van Fleet be the number one guy in Houston? Yeah, quite possibly. And if he does that, and if he can take his role, or even as a sixth man and run the second unit, he could just be that absolute firecracker off the bench. Come in, do his thing, not put up the same amount of points, but be more efficient. And that's what really hurts him. He showed an improvement in playmaking last year. He was getting some assists. He was playing defense occasionally. But if he can come in under a coach, like Emi Odoka, who wants them to play the game of basketball, that Silas is out, this whole tanking and not giving a crap is done with. If they play serious basketball, Jalen Green could actually exceed the 154. He could. He was the 150th player, but in a major breakout role. And again, if Houston's not going anywhere down the end of the season, you could see silly season Jalen Green return at the end. So I'm really curious to see where he goes. He is going to fall from where he went because people were really, really high on Jalen Green last season because the opportunity was there. He was going to be the guy. He was going to do the minutes. They were going to tank but he stuffed it up and his efficiency was atrocious. Turnovers were atrocious. And he had an absolutely horrid 21-22 season. He turned it around in the tail end of 21-22 and he had an awesome end of season month. We got high on him. 22-23 rocked around and he shut the bed. And he disappointed us and broke our hearts. Thank you very much, Jalen. We want good things for you. Play better. Play better, Jalen Green, for the love of God. And that's what we talk about when we talk about opportunity. So if he can do that this year with the opportunity he's provided in the system within the Houston Rockets, check the preseason, watch those rotations. And this is where it could go either way. Much the same with Jeremy Grant. It could go either way. But again, I have a feeling with him that if Portland chooses to go down that tank road, 
yet again at the end of the season, he'll just magically vanish to the bench like he's done a couple of times. He's really good at that. He's almost an illusionist, Jeremy Grant. I'm pretty sure he played for the games for the Pistons. I don't know because he didn't roll himself out there at the end of the season. And I'm pretty sure that's what happened last year with the Portland Trailblazers. These are the guys you want to watch. These are the guys you want to pick up. And you want to look at the opportunities of rookies. Again, hot name here that I've already dropped, Chet Holgren. The opportunity is there for him straight away to be the starting center for the Oklahoma City Thunder in a really elite defense and as a rim protector. These are the guys you want to look at. Look at the minutes played. And my last advice for you is this. Once everyone's off the minutes, once everyone's taken off, in the first week of your waiver wire, have a look at who's playing minutes. Stream by whose minutes, search your filters by minutes played, and have a look at the results. Does that player get minutes? Good. That's a really good start. Because if I can get a guy and stream him who's getting 20, 24 minutes a game, I'd rather that than a guy who's going to be a flash in the pan. Maybe he plays, maybe doesn't guy at eight to 12 minutes who drops a couple of three-pointers. Search the filters by minutes played. See what the return is across. Look at your points per game, rebounds per game. We don't really search by minutes played a lot, but it's absolutely imperative that you look at minutes played. Why? Because those minutes played at the end of the day are going to impact how you go in your NBA fantasy season. The opportunity is going to knock for a lot of players in 23-24. Make sure when that knock, you hear it, you open that door, you get that guy in, you drop the trash out of your team, and you get on a guy who's going to make the most of his opportunities in the NBA because it's going to translate to your NBA fantasy season. Thanks very much to the Standard Squeeze. Proud sponsors wearing this cap. Get your four-in-ones. Use the promo code INSIDE15. Love those guys. Jump onto their website. Get your gear. Check out our podcast. There's a whole bunch of NRL and AFL coming up this week on the Insight Podcast Network. This has been an Insight NBA podcast. Give us a like. Give us a follow on Spotify, YouTube, on iTunes, on all the things. I'm your host, Matty Garrett, at NBAGWiz. Cheers.